How do you do it? Guess things. I don't guess. I observe. And once I've observed, I deduce. Wait, wait, wait. You assault our perp with an orange, and that somehow has you convinced he's innocent? Guys like him, they walk between the Hello, my dears, and welcome to Elementary, my dears, the show where we argue about who fakes the moon landing one episode at a time. Joining me today, as always, is Allison Tortoiseshell Malden. Hello. And our hello, hello. And our special guest today is actor, comedian, drag phenomenon, and TikTok famous famous person Christopher Ryan Stamey. Hi. Hey, that's him. <laughs> I feel like with the intro I just gave you, that that uh, that 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 hello was very sedate. Hello. There we go. All right. <laughs> Much better. Yes. So today we're talking about season one, episode thirteen of the Red Team. Wait. No. Let's see. Let's, we got to talk to Ryan first. We got to get to know him a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I'm just following. Okay. I'm just going. Yeah. I just following the script. How do you, you know? Get- it's like I'm just. I'm just bad about. It's, it's been weeks. We're going off book. Yes. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah. How do you guys know each other? I'm thrilled to be here. So thrilled. Ah, it's so great. Um, Yeah, Ryan, how do we know each other? Gardner-Webb University. Oh, theater program. Where it all started. From, um, you know, a few years back. Couple. We don't want to get into specific numbers, but I've I've known Ryan about as long as I've known Carrie, if you want to, like, listen back to that episode and get that little backstory. And do some... (laughs) deductions yourself yeah a little <laughs> math a little, little math a little <laughs> subtraction and such a things yeah. yes um so yeah uh ryan uh so you're uh you're a bit of a you're a bit of a person on tiktok weirdly and quickly and like over the past i think uh, unexpectedly December? <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. yeah i think i tried a couple videos here and there you know off and on and was kind of like i don't get how this works you know like and i think like half the people in the world they're like i'm too old for this but i just randomly duetted a tiktok of someone who had you know some followers and it got a lot of traction all of a sudden i kept checking back and i was like there's twenty thousand people that watched that whoa there's (laughs) there's fifty thousand people that saw that and so like it was the first one that kind of got some views and then that kind of just encouraged me to keep at it and uh so like i think in december i might have had 95 or 100 followers and uh-huh. as of today i like surpassed 275,000. wow that's crazy yeah i know so, so, it's like so december if, so 15th if, yeah yeah so if you if you don't know ryan's um material for the predominantly on his tiktok he does a series of uh hard-hitting exposés <laughs> on the uh, personalities you'll find in and around uh southern baptist churches oh my and, god or maybe just the south in general but just, yes it yes, usually involves yeah. me in a wig i'm usually uh-huh. so good in some kind of wig yeah very funny very very uh and as as alice and i who ha- do have uh way too much experience living in the south they are excoriatingly accurate it's- <laughs> It's dead on. I have to tell you, and I mean, before I say this, I want to say that there will be a link in the show notes. So if anybody's listening to this and they're like, oh, I got to go check this out. um, There's a link for uh, Ryan's TikTok in the show notes. But 
<laughs> watched one of your videos, and I can't remember which character it was, but you dropped a Lottie Moon reference. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, my little Southern Baptist brain melted in that moment because I hadn't heard that in decades. But instantly yeah. it was like, oh, my right God. Right back there. Yeah, it's just so That's my favorite thing. I love dropping yeah. um, something that might might be obscure. And I'm like, I'm going to take a risk. No one else in the world may even get this. But every time I do it, it's just overwhelming how many hundreds of people will flood your comments and be like, I never thought I would hear the words Lottie Moon I was there. on TikTok in my life. I got taken back to that moment. Oh, it's so I true. I can smell the furniture polish. I can hear the creaking oh. pews. Yeah. yeah. But and so. also, I have to say, it, it's fun to watch because it's not mean-spirited. And right. It's, it's so it would be easy, especially like with everything that's going on now to like be I mean, you could be vicious if you wanted to, but it mm -hmm. does. It feels like it comes from a place of love, like maybe slightly it conflicted, does. but mostly love. Well, yes. about 70 yeah. percent of them are from a place of love. <laughs> yes. I mean, I always also, like I was, that's where I learned my humor. You know, that's where I spent so much of my childhood that it, it informed who I am. You know, so yeah. it's a lot of that I observed and absorbed like a sponge so yeah. um so it's not mean-spirited and it's actually kind of a little bit of a therapy for me because there was a lot of religious trauma that i carried from my upbringing but there also were um things that were humorous and things that were um fun about it um that i look back on and i can laugh about and smile about so it kind of brings it all together so yeah yeah, actually, I, I told a few people, it's like, the stuff about the people in church is really, really funny because he lived that. But I feel like he really takes out a lot of the people in the serving industry, which he's worked in for quite a while. <laughs> it's like, those are the ones that have a bite to them. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> those have a message, a clear message. Yeah. Like, yes. It, be better is needs, the message. It needs to be, be said. better. It needs to be said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, George, you can cut this out if it's not funny, but I wanted to tell a little story about Ryan because Ryan, I don't know if you ever remember meeting me, but you came to the first 24 hours play festival that they did at Gardner Webb. I was a freshman. I think we were on the same team and you were so funny even back then. <laughs> and I remember you said some, gosh, what was it? You know, you're like working like crazy all night to put this thing together and somebody had had to go to the bathroom for a long time and you said no don't break the seal because then you'll be going every 30 minutes <laughs> and I have always remembered that because it's like actually that's I true I remember that you do as soon as you said that I remember that moment yeah in the computer yeah. lab I was like no yes just <laughs> be tough we were in be the tough. math lab I was like no you can't go <laughs> I mean, but it was like one of those moments where it's like, that does happen. Why is that? <laughs> yeah, pee jokes are great. We love peeing. We're, we're big oh, fans wait. of peeing here on the show. You know, I do it all. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about season one, episode 13, uh, The Red Team. And this is not a Halo reference. We'll get to that later. Uh, this is written by Robert Doherty, Jeffrey Paul King, with a story by Craig Sweeney and Jeffrey Paul King. And that's just like a lot of names. Mm -hmm. Whole uh, team directed on this by one. Christine Moore. Yeah, it's a bunch of moving parts in this one, which is interesting because I feel like this might be the least uh, um, plot-driven episode we've had in a while. Hmm. 
we'll get there. We'll get there. So yeah, we uh, we we open up with uh, you know a, a close up on the wall of crazy, as Joan likes to call it, which is great. Um, all about Moriarty, right at the center. You know, you know the wall of crazy we're talking about, where you have like the strings and the pictures and connecting things and little question mark notes and post its and stuff like that. Um, I always wanted a crazy wall. I don't know what I could be that crazy about, but I think they're aesthetically very pleasing. Oh, I think you can make that happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I could if I ha- wanted to have a wall in my place and just start randomly associating stuff together. But I, uh, I, I just love, I just love the passion that goes behind them, and I just think they look really, really cool. Yeah, I think so, I want to make one now. And my, I have yeah. a blank wall. I need to do something with, and it can just be random things just connected with red strings. So. And then have Thank everyone else. The best thing is if it's there's no connection whatsoever, and then you within when you die, someone else has to figure it out. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Like, what is this about? There's like it's their Kaiser Soze moment. They're just you're like I don't Ashley know. Simpson and Jigglypuff. I don't know how they're yeah. connected. <laughs> they both have similar voices, I guess. I don't. <laughs> they both sing. I don't know. They both sing. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So we 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 he talks about this. He gives a little bit of banner about that because she's trying to clean up after his weirdness and like apparently he's he's gone off a bit of a deep end since the last episode. And yeah, I talked about how um, cleaning is uh, uh, disorientating, which is just another way to British mess words up. Isn't that a weird? Yeah, I always say disorienting. That's how you should say it, England. It's like an extra syllable in there. Yeah, or don't even start on how they say aluminum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because they have an extra I in there. They have so many extra everythings. Yeah. Stop this! Yeah, it's unnecessary. Just dial it down. Stop spelling through like with sixteen letters. <laughs> Wait a minute! What they don't they spell it the same way we do? We shortened it. We don't spell drive through. G- drive t h r o u g h. Drive through. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, Kurt Sherlock has not been sleeping very much. Uh, this is why we have a reference to Napoleon Bonaparte on his wall. Um, uh, specifically, uh, he said, like, I had not slept for a few days. I might have been reaching at that point. Um, Ryan, were you lost? When, or did did you do any, like, sleuthing to see what had happened in the previous episode? So I had never seen the show before. <laughs> and um, I went back and watched, I think, the first three episodes of the season uh, to kind of get into the feel of the show, get to kind of know yeah. the characters a little bit. And then I realized I wasn't going to have time to watch like the 12 leading up before yeah. episode 13. So I went through and found little um, synopsis of like each episode okay. leading up to episode 13. Oh, nice. Okay. So, cool. you, so you were completely lost, which is good. I feel like you right. could have watched like maybe the first two and then 12 and you kind of would have been right where everything is because everything in is kind of a, kind of an independent episode, bottle episodes. There's not a ton of art going on in them. Just a little bits and pieces here and there. Very scant, crazy wall if you will, <laughs> leading up to that. But it is, it's like Sherlock is off the deep end, like you say, George, because we, in the previous episode, he is, we don't meet Moriarty, but Moriarty is introduced, and now Sherlock is on a quest to figure out who it is. We finally hear the name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so they have a little bit of banter back and forth while he's making a lot of eggs. So many. So many. <laughs> oh my god. Like I will say like that's too many days not to have slept and that's too many days that's too many eggs. Just like, that's he, too many I eggs. feel like he goes through a dozen in that. But 
How many and eggs I was like, can also, you eat? Like I mean, admiring his his one hand cracking skills. Oh, his oh, cracking yeah. technique was on point. He's got skills. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I can't mm-hmm. do that. But I feel like I at two eggs, I'm full. <laughs> Maybe three if I'm really hungry. But he's just beyond. Yeah, I'm like, a, if I know it's going to be a busy day and I might not get time for lunch, it's a three-egg morning. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. But then you're yeah. full. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I'm good until, like, two. And then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, now I'm hungry and dinner's not for, like, man, this is a poorly planned day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just three angry egg at myself. A three-egg morning comes great after a three-dog night. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, there's too many eggs. And uh, has anybody ever been, like, have anybody ever slept for two days straight? No. Like, have you ever been so tired that you slept for that long? I don't, I don't even think, think so. I've slept for a majority of a day. Yeah. I don't think Not I could sleep for that. That's, like, comatose. It's funny that you brought up 24 uh, Play Festival. Uh, just a little peek behind the scenes. Um, that was a thing we used to do where you would show up on, like, a Friday night and start writing. And after like four or five hours or something like that, they would sort of like pick a handful of scripts to move forward. And then you would go back into teams and refine those scripts. And then the next morning you would start out with a director and you'd cast and you would, and then 24, then like seven o'clock the next night after all the like production, you would put on these like five or six shows. And I remember the first time we did this, I had one, but no one wanted to do it, or it was best suited as a one-person show, and somehow I got asked if I wanted to do my own show. Your one-man show! Yes. Was that the same one that Ryan was there for? uh, Maybe. I don't know. I did a couple of them. Oh. But yeah, that was, was, so I, I wrote, and then woke up after like an hour. And then cast, like, the weird peeps, like, side characters and did lighting and costuming. And then I did not sleep for, oh, a good 36 hours Mm. or more. And I was very, very, I was, like, at the cast party. I was so tired (laughs) that I felt like I was having a three-dog night. I was, (laughs) I felt drunk. Yeah. Then I, I was like absolutely so exhausted. I looked and sounded like I had just been outside in the woodshed slamming moonshine. I was <laughs> hammered from sleepy. And I still didn't sleep for two days when I was done. I think I just went and had a normal night's sleep and woke up and felt fine the next day. Yeah. Two this, days. That's a lot. This, that was also years ago. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was, also, that was a young person's game. Back in my 20s and then. That was a long time yeah. ago. Never again. So, yeah. So, yeah. I don't... <laughs> Has anybody out there slept for two days straight and not been in a clinical state of depression? Yeah. Because that oh. also counts, but also that is also something totally different, and, like, we're not making light of that. But, um, yeah, just just pure exhaustion? Let us know. Yeah, so Joan's like, yeah, well, you have fun with your um, weird day and eat your eggs. I'm going to go to my appointment, which is always her code for therapy. And then we get her therapist. She's talking to her therapist, and she's all like, yeah, so this is kind of where I'm at. And just, like... Two weeks ago, our therapist was like, you know what? I really think you like this whole thing. You should probably just stop being a sober companion and be a detective with this guy. And now she's saying like, well, I'm kind of throwing the sober companion thing to the wind and kind of hanging on. She's like, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Well, like, what the hell? Lady, make up your damn mind. No, They're yeah, supposed to be at least consistent. The therapist is 100% right because what Joan is doing is extremely questionable. Because she hasn't she's following her. So, yes. She hasn't she's told She's following Sherlock. her bliss. <laughs> She's so in denial about... She's living in her truth. 
I mean, she obviously that's what is drawing her there, but she thinks she, I don't know what she thinks. Um, she's doing all right. She said, "I am not living paycheck to paycheck." Yeah, so, like, like, listen, you know, I am. Like, I am doing all right. I was getting paid a, a lot day, of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I got some. I got some weeks coming up. Yeah, yeah. It's funny though. So, you know, it's like she's not a therapist, but she's therapist adjacent for Sherlock. And can you imagine, like? if your therapist had you keep coming and said, no, it's cool. Th- insurance is paying. Insurance is paying. Um, and then later you found out that they weren't getting paid. They were just seeing you uh, for free. Like, I think that'd be kind of, you. I think that'd be sweet. But uh, yeah, but you should know you should be told. I'd still be a little creeped out. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> or just like, this is just how fucked up you are. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I, you're so fucked up that I would rather work with you for free, than to get paid, and like, like, just like follow the standard procedure. Yeah, yeah it's just not a good sign. It's a red flag, I think. That yeah. that that shows someone who doesn't have boundaries. Yeah, maybe I wish my therapist would kind of yell at me like that though. My therapist <laughs> has never like, she's never gotten like, yeah, you know, kind of that pointed with me. She's like, like get over know, yourself. Like, no, yeah. I kind of like where I'm at. Yeah, I'm like, I kind of want somebody to slap me around like that. <laughs> like a to- totally different kind of therapy, Ryan. <laughs> totally different kind of therapy. <laughs> it's very hands-on. Um, yeah, so as she's having this little therapy session, she gets a little uh, bloop bloop. And as Sherlock saying, come to this address and not saying a word about it. Because um, in, earlier in the meeting, she, he was talking about how uh, his, uh, his hobby is apparently um, trolling conspiracy theorists <laughs> which is essentially what he's saying he's like yeah i just like come, you know the whole thing about like uh the, the cia invented crack that that was mine yeah which i feel like that's a lot older than sherlock like he's not that old that seems like that's been around since like the early 80s yeah. that the cia invented crack in order to destabilize the ghettos as mm-hmm. i believe the terms were like referred to back then so i don't know if he can claim that i'm with him though because i am not a conspiracy theorist like i don't buy into the conspiracy theories but i am obsessed with the people who do like yeah like i've gone down the rabbit hole watching like illuminati videos and stuff like that and it's not that i'm buying into it i'm just so obsessed that people believe this stuff he says that but then he starts like looking at his dollar bills and being like huh you know what (laughs) that makes sense damn it it makes sense (laughs) it just makes sense Do you have a favorite, like a personal favorite conspiracy theory? Mine? Mm-hmm. Or George? I think it is. Well, um, I think the whole QAnon is just uh, just mind-baffling and just, it's crazy to me that's so widespread. But I do think like the whole Illuminati, uh, it's probably my favorite. I've spent way too many time. And I've started being the one who watches like, you know, the Grammys or the opening of the Olympics or something. I'll cap and I'll be like, that's Illuminati symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> and then I catch myself. Like, oh, I've watched shit. too many of these videos. Mm-hmm. I'm buying into my it's own. It's starting thing. to sink in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a favorite conspiracy theory. Although I, well, listen, just, just being a Denverite, I really enjoy the fact that everyone still thinks that there's like a crazy Illuminati bunker under the Denver airport because of all the weird symbology in it to the point where the people who, 
they're doing construction and do a whole renovation project in the airport right now. And they actually have signage up saying like, hey, pardon while we work. We're uh, we like, like renovating the bunker. Or they're making inside jokes about the bunker that's supposed to be under the Denver airport that's as funny. part of their marketing ploy for like, hey, oh, sorry wow. about our mess. I haven't heard this uh, conspiracy theory about a bunker. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of crazy. The, the, there's supposedly like all of, like the the artwork and stuff has all this like really like weird symbology in it, and it's just a regular thing. Like Dan Brown talked about it a lot in one of his <laughs> stupid Dan Brown books. Interesting. Yeah, like all of those books that the, weren't. What? Oh, I also love the nine eleven conspiracies too. I think that's oh, yeah. probably my like number two uh, <sighs> favorite. Because I think when I was younger, I kind of was like buying into it a little like bit. Jet fuel, jet fuel can't melt steel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many. What about building four? What about building, building four? four? Why did that fall? It's not even near the crash site. Um, you guys should check out the um, Armchair Expert podcast has like a once a month episode dedicated to conspiracy theories and they it's co-hosted by this guy who directed that Tickled documentary. He He's like a journalist that like, he's obsessed with this weird stuff. And so he'll, mm-hmm. each episode is a deep dive on a particular conspiracy theory. And they have not done the Denver airport, but they have done 9-11. And I don't know if they've done Illuminati, but the past episode was, uh, we're living in a simulation. Um, oh, whatever. Red pill, red pill, blue pill type thing. Yeah. The matrix. Yeah. Yeah. We live in a society, that sort of thing. I'll link to that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, let's see. We come back to uh, yeah. So he, so this whole conspiracy theory conversation is going on, uh, and he said like I'm gonna go meet um, Zapruder later, and we're like what? It's like yeah. What's well, his screen name or nom de plume as he calls him? Of mm-hmm. uh, the the head of this this conspiracy theory message board. He's like you know Jack and the dicks of. And so Sorry, we get a text. He's, he's checking their dicks, bro. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, he's just checking their dicks. That means pulling your mm-hmm. leg. Well, one of them. I mean, yeah, one of them. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> the third one. Just trying to get an idea of the. Yeah, what that that's, means. that's that's what that means. Okay. There we go. Okay. Uh, so uh, she gets a text, and then she shows up, and and. Uh, He's so she's like, why are we at this house? And he's walking around talking about it like, well, uh, he didn't uh, he didn't rise to my bait. And so I thought that might count as suspicious. So I came here to check and check on him. And uh, after the second viewing, I thought like, well, he was rising to some form of bait. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Because we uh, we come downstairs to this extremely well appointed. Like, why are conspiracy theories like it's a beautiful the artwork is tasteful. The layout is really cool. Yeah. I'm like, the, the location scout crushed it on that one. I don't know if it was accurate for the person living there, but it was a beautiful yeah. space. Well, that's how he had so much. He had money. He had time on his yeah, hands. Just time that's on other things on his hands. Like up with the, yeah. <laughs> All sorts of things on his hands. Yeah. Just watch the black light. Oof. <laughs> um, you can see that from the moon if we landed on it. If. But, if. Yeah. <laughs> so we come around the corner and uh old Zapruder is is hanging from an exercise gym uh with his pants down um uh, apparent apparently the victim of of another incident rampant rampant incident I've lost so many to this of autoerotic asphyxiation 
Yeah. Is that a deep dive yours, Allison? I'm sorry, what? Is that a deep dive? Do you have a deep dive set for that? No, I don't. But just as you said, said, we've lost so many of this. I was picturing the in memoriam montage. (laughs) That would be (laughs) awkward. Yes, it would be. Um, no, but I, I didn't do a deep dive on that cause I feel like everybody knows what it is, but, uh, I don't know. My fa- my, my favorite and first reference to this, uh, is the X-Files Oh. because, um, there was actually, actually, you know what? I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm now wondering if, uh, if the name of the tortoise is not a reference to that because it was the name of the episode was Clyde Bruckner's last repose. Oh shit. And it was about a guy who could see the he, he could see how people died, and and he told Mulder that he was going to die uh, as a result of autoerotic asphyxiation, and that was the first time I ever heard that that phrase. That's so interesting. I need to go back well, and watch that. That's a new conspiracy theory. Exactly. Yes. I think we just I think we just <laughs> added a little bit to our crazy wall. So yeah, that was a, that's a little bit of a, a moment I just put together. So there we go. So yeah, and that's the end of the teaser. Um, it just comes around the corner, and we get like, oh! and then um, the 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 Brew Goldberg music kicks in. Yeah, the show yeah. loves to hit you with a surprise corpse. But it's funny. I actually wrote in my notes after watching the show that I felt like after watching the first few episodes that the plots of the show. I literally you said Rube Goldberg, and I put in my notes <laughs> the plots of this show are Rube. Goldberg machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they are. So it's one thing leading to another. Yeah. It was hard for me to summarize this one because, especially, I, I kind of like just kept it as simple as I could because they explain it exactly as you would summarize it. There's like so many details. And um, I recently finished a rewatch. So I like, I'm in season seven. And I think the plots are going to get even more byzantine like just i think allison i think you should start doing a crazy wall on sherlock (laughs) on elementary yes and just start connecting the dots that way that's that's going to be your passion project that okay i'll see what i can do um okay so we're at the crime scene police are everywhere and bell is chastising sherlock because sherlock is suspended and he shouldn't be there and he's supposed to stay away but Obviously, he's not going to. Um, and he, he, despite this, you know, Sherlock is unfazed. He's, like, noticing all these details about the crime scene. Like, actually, did you notice this belt is a 38? He's not a size 38. So this couldn't be his belt. And did you notice that uh, there's a broken bone in his hand, <laughs> in his business hand? Maybe he's left-handed, Sherlock. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, how do you know yeah. he uses that hand? Or maybe he does a reverse pistol grip. Right. I'm sure that Sherlock can stranger just look. Hand. Yeah. Sherlock is like, look, the muscles in his right forearm are slightly larger, so he must oh, yeah. be. I mean, there's like something no one else would notice. Um, yeah. uh, so he's, Sherlock's like, I already texted the ME, uh, and I'm going to examine the house. Like, he's so involved, even when he's su- supposed to be suspended. Which, by the way, let's Suspended remind everyone. Suspended just like Zapruder. <laughs> yes. And just like our disbelief. Yes. <laughs> See? Come on. More of those red threads connecting. <laughs> yes. <to it>. Yes. <laughs> um, 
No, I was going to say, let's remind everyone that he is suspended for attempting murder. Kidnapping. Listen, he started out that way. By the time he was done, he decided not to. And it was just a light abdominal stabbing. A a little light stabbing and kidnapping. Yes, he missed all the vital organs. It was more of a, it was more of a, hey, how you doing? Not an attempted murder. Right. (laughs) So... They're going through, uh, Sherlock and Joan are going through this guy's things. Uh, what's Zapruder's name is Pontecorvo. So. That's an anagram. Hmm. Is it? I'd like to no, do a weird I, deep dive I on just, that name. I just, I just made it up. I don't know. It's a cool name. I think the name means Crooked Bridge. <laughs> Pontecorvo. I, I don't know. Pont. I looked Pont- it up to see if it was yeah. a reference. I looked it up to see if it was a reference to somewhere else in literature or something, just because yeah. it's a neat name. It just means Crooked Bridge. But okay, I- but I'm really happy that I know that now. <laughs> I, I just like knowing what things mean. Uh, <laughs> so, or this guy. <laughs> crooked Bridge has all these, like, conspiracy exactly. theory notebooks that he's compiled himself, and. Uh, which they collect. And then he has a tortoise named Clyde who has like, it's a really sweet little um, open case. I don't know what you want to call it. Terrarium Terrarium. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sherlock finds a fake rock. Could not look any more fake. Uh, that has a listening yeah. device in it. You're telling me that a conspiracy theorist with a, with a well-appointed terrarium that well would not notice a random ass fake rock in the middle of his real rocks. Yeah, it was it was pretty fake looking. Yeah. Um, Might as well have been a fake poop that just yeah. swept the bottle off of and like, oh, microphone in there. It was like <laughs> the rock you would buy from the Harriet Carter catalog to like hide your key next to your door. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> so, so they collect all this stuff. They go back to the brownstone and Sherlock smashes that listening device just like shoe on the kitchen table boom um this is very unhygienic and he's telling joan this is not your run-of-the-mill like bug this is government issue you can't buy this in the store so (laughs) then we get i'm trying to think what their conversation was that led to the consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds line uh which was one of my two favorite lines. Such a great uh-huh. line. I, I, there, I do have a little deep dive on that. It's actually a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. It is. I did look that up. I, I thought it was going to be like something that Conan Doyle said and that they were quoting because they do that sometimes. But no, let me see. Yeah, I'm going to open it. Yeah. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds adored by little statesmen and philosophers and divines. With consistency, a great soul has simply nothing to do. He may as well concern himself with his shadow on the wall. Speak what you think now in hard words, and tomorrow speak what tomorrow thinks in hard words again, though it contradict everything you said today. So, and it's funny, I feel like since I just was thinking about this the other day. I've noticed it in other things as I've been watching TV or whatever. You see people go through that of where they have an idea of something. And even when they're faced with new information, they it's like they cannot yeah. reconstruct yeah. their worldview. Um, 
So yeah, that's yeah. a great quote. It's like politics right now. It's like mm. Christian nationalism. Oh my God. Like, yeah. The, like, like, I just can't make my brain I mean, not think what I've been told. Yeah. 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 It's right. like, I don't know. I guess it's the, you know, it's built on a single small foundation. And when that foundation crumbles, there's nothing for it to. Yeah. Cause she was trying on. to call Sherlock on it because he was like, Oh, no, conspiracy theories are, it's not. Yes. And then right. um, he was like, but then he was like, oh, they were spying on the sky. She was like, I thought conspiracies didn't exist. And that's when he was like, consistency. Yes. The hubbub. Yeah. Good memory. Yeah. So they do find spyware on Pontecorvo's laptop. And Sherlock says, <laughs> he's like, Lynn was the laziest thinker I've ever come across, but he did have one good theory. That was called the Red Team. So here he explains the story about the Army Army War College War Games, which don't try to say that five times fast. But <laughs> or you will you're, you will hurt something. You will sprain a thing. <laughs> you'll, yeah. Um, I just want to say real quick that I was envisioning um, like guys out in a field, like trenches dug, and you know bomb like fake bombs going off. This is a tabletop game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like risk or something. So it's purely theoretical. I literally yeah. was imagining Battleship from when I was a kid because the like nineteen eighties <laughs> battleship was red and blue. And so I just yeah. imagine them like yeah. sinking each other's ships. <laughs> that's the, that's Navy war games. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh more battleship, damn. Uh yeah, apparently War Games was also a movie, but I yeah. haven't seen it. Um You mean the Matthew Broderick? <laughs> Yeah, like from 1983. 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that high, high end computer technology do they going actually, down on each other. Do they actually do this every year? I mean, is this based off? Um, I think, I think I've they heard. Do. I don't listen. I don't know how often they do it, but I do know that it is a, it's a recurring plot point in various media outlets. Is like the whole yeah. um, red team, blue team war games thing. Yeah, and I was trying because in the episode they say that the results of each war game are posted publicly. I couldn't find that, but. I did see Wikipedia some stuff. You think that's where the the army posts directly to Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> Wikipedia is an army thing. It, it's it's totally government run. So if you click on that, if if you edit something, they track you. Is this another they conspiracy? Could a Warcopedia. Yeah. yeah. Is Warcopedia. it a conspiracy if it's true? <laughs> it's a Warcopedia. <laughs> so in this war game, uh, the red team is the bad guys. And it, it, this is like the 2009 war games where the whole concept was that there's a, like a Russian sleeper cell in New York city or something. They so, never said Russian. They just said sleeper cell. Oh, did they just Russians? say sleeper cell? Okay. They, the Russians you think very red, outdated. You think Russian. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, well, Russia. Just, yeah. Um, it's the red connotation. Yeah. <laughs> so Len Pontecorvo's theory is that while they were playing the game, the red team discovered some big flaw in national security and it was like so on the nose that it had to be it had to they had to put the kibosh on it like nobody can know like, about like this. all the all the nuclear passwords were just password <laughs> one, one, two, one, three, no one will ever guess that yeah no one will ever guess that. that did you guys wonder because i don't they we never see what the actual secret was in this entire episode did you wonder what it was no, I knew they wouldn't share it. I, I like something. I just knew like this, like we're never gonna hear. It's just gonna be the MacGuffin, but we're never gonna hear like a, like a 
they're not they weren't going to take a moment in this one to be like this is like some sort of because typically they'll take that like thing and make like a one or two lines say about it about like and it's like it's always hearkening back to like some social flaw that we're like like ignoring or like an element that yeah just making it a social issue i was like we're not going to hear about this yeah the end he's like oh yeah i guessed it yeah (laughs) okay well, want to share? <laughs> yeah, I I wish they had just made some shit up because it it would have been I would have felt more satisfied that way. But it's okay, I forgive them. This lets you build your own conspiracy theory, Allison. Oh, That's I right. see. They're they're yeah, putting also, it on me. Uh, I, I like I think I'm on record with this. The ones where they talk about espionage as the main plot point are always my favorite episodes. Mm, espionage is fun. Yeah, it's my favorites. Yeah. It's also fun to say. I'm, espionage. I'm thinking about future episodes. Espionage. I can't wait for you to watch, but I won't say anything. <laughs> hey, bring it on. <laughs> so, but in order. Well, I will just say this. There is a very sexy uh, Russian spy, female Russian spy in a future episode. So stay Ooh. tuned, everyone. I don't think it's in season one. Um, Sorry, Ryan. Is it Carrie Russell from the American? <laughs> We've already talked about her a couple episodes ago when she was in an episode where... where the inspiration yeah, she's for a her. Sexy Russian spy. She, she is. really is. That would have they been do a, a, an amazing. They have a lot of sexy over. sex on that show. Such a great show. Uh, yeah, if the timelines weren't so far apart, I would definitely ship a crossover episode between the two. So, okay, so we learned the game results from the war games are always published, except in two thousand nine. They were classified, and uh, Lynn thinks, okay, this is the government shutting it down. Is a flaw in national security. 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 I was thinking like Brazilian pop star, but yeah, I like meats and cheeses too. Cheese board with some, yeah, olives. National charcuterie. That's delicious. So we start looking into the red team members. Turns out one of them got killed in a mugging a year ago. That was counterinsurgency expert Martin Nagowski. So many names to keep track of in this episode. And Sherlock announces he's going to use his day off to find the other red teamers and see if they're still alive. Basically, are they in danger? Is somebody trying to kill these people? Which is not much of a brag when you're being suspended from your only real job. Every day's your day off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then and Jones like, so what's with the lettuce? And he's like, oh right, I'm trying to fatten Clyde up so before I make him into soup. Yeah. So he gives, and he just like, they just you don't see it. He just finds these people. <laughs> yeah, like, just later, later he just has a list of names, and you're like, oh, you did that fast. You just like that. I feel like that happens a lot. It's like <laughs> you you don't need to know. We just need to yeah. know that Sherlock is a genius and he can do things. That we can't yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, it is always interesting to see like the things the writers decide to show you and the ones they decide to make happen off screen. Um, okay, so we go to the precinct and Joan is kind of working on Captain Gregson, like trying to get him and Sherlock back together. Um, but Gregson is fucking pissed. He's not having it. He's not over it. And we get so much quality Aiden Quinn smolder in this episode. Oh, she wouldn't that smolder. Mm. Man. Yeah. Good stuff. Just, just <laughs> the most Aiden Quinn. 
Yeah. Oh, shut up about it. I just, I just, yeah. I mean, I'm like, can we, let's make his character angry more often. Yeah. <laughs> so. Take it down, Allison. <laughs> I'm kidding. Live your truth. L- live it. about to Lucy lose it over there. Yeah, she is. <laughs> more, like, more like Lucy lost it. She's been at it for a while. <laughs> so he and they give him this amazing line where Gregson says Sherlock is broken in a way that has nothing to do with getting high. And I'm like, damn, he's right though. Well, uh, we know that. The the high has always been a side effect of his brokenness, not 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 something that like, oh well, you're a pain in the ass because you do drugs. It's like no. Yeah, no, that's, that's like the least literally of it, right? the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> the exact opposite. You do drugs because you think you're a pain in the ass yourself. That's why you get high, because you can't even stand yourself. Or, yeah, as a world. Um, so then, you know, Joan gets a text from Sherlock, and she goes to join him at this long-term care facility uh, that uh, where we meet Carlo Anillo. He was a member of the Red Team back in 2009, but now... He has early onset Alzheimer's, and his is really pitiful. Uh, that actor does a really good job, I think. Um, I did a quick look into early onset Alzheimer's. Basically, it's um, if it, it if it comes on younger than sixty five, it's considered early onset. Um, and there. They're talking with his caregiver and they're, you know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, it was weird. No one in his family has this disease, even though it's a genetic disease. And Joan notices him kind of space out a little bit. Like he's talking to them. He's verbal still, but then he kind of just zones out for a minute. And she's like, See, that do worries that me. Cause I do that all the time. Do I have like micro seizures? Is that what's going on? Cause Maybe. I just like, like, do you lose time? What? What? I mean, I, yeah, sure. Hmm. I mean, I just don't pay attention to time, though. Time is a construct. It's a flat circle. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you, I, <laughs> if you space out and you don't remember where you went, then you should probably talk to someone. But if you're I mean, daydreaming. I mean, hasn't, hasn't everyone had that thing where they're driving home and then they sort of like start to think about something and next thing you know, they're home? That's road hypnosis, though. That's just like, like a separate oh shit. thing. You, you don't know? I hope I'm not having micro seizures while I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's totally different. Oh, now I'm going to have to like look up a link for, for like road hypnosis. But anyway. Um, yeah. I also love that Lucy Liu is like a, a surgeon, but she like knows all like, about every medicine, yes. every diagnosis, like everything. Yeah, she's just like, because she's got she's a like, doctor. that's a micro seizure. That's yeah. a micro She like, to that the point, hasn't yeah. forgotten anything that she ever read in medical school. Not it's like thing. all up Not there. A thing. Yeah. I don't even know. She's very much like Sherlock in that pack. Yeah. She, yeah. I mean, I don't even know what type of surgeon she was. Um, she's a microsurgeon. I think she's probably general. I don't know. But so, yeah. So they're talking to his caregiver and she's like, yeah, he does that a lot. And Joan says, like, basically, it looks like a micro seizure. And she says, oh, no, the doctors say those type of, you know, this type of Alzheimer's doesn't have seizures, which I mean, and she kind of walks off and we know, uh oh, 
Like, this is a thing. That's, just, that's a bunch of shady-ass healthcare professionals that they like, listen, there's no family history of this. He has these seizures, which is not indicative of his disease. But we're just going to assume it's this thing because it has a few things in common with it. Yeah, or it's a case of hobgoblin little minds who can't, right. you know, yeah. open Maybe he's their got minds. hobgoblins in his brain. Uh, <laughs> but you know what else I wondered about this, too, is, okay, so... Basically, Sherlock seizes on what Joan says, and he's like, oh, micro-seizures, what's this about? Uh, could it be demoic acid? Does he, does he micro-seize on it? Yes, he does. He micro-seizes on this. I was like, how does Sherlock know so much about, like, this seafood, like... Oh, he knows his poisons. <laughs> yeah, apparently do not eat rotten shellfish, or it will give you all the symptoms of early-onset Alzheimer's. Did you guys know, know. this? No, I but I don't really eat that. I, listen, I live in I live a mile in the air in the middle <laughs> of the country. I don't do seafood very often here. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it's very shellfish. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, apparently, there are um, occasionally cases of this now, but in modern day, it is mostly under control because of regulations and best practices in the industry. Something to do with. Um, if you harvest the shellfish during a certain time or place where they're feeding on a type, a different type of plankton, uh, then it causes that like uptick in their demoic acid. And then you got to clean out them poop veins. Apparently. Yeah. So poop, poop veins cause early onset Alzheimer's. Well, if you just get a little, you'll just get sick. It'll be like food poisoning. But if it's an extreme case, then yes, you do have the memory loss and stuff. But, what if you just don't remember eating bad shellfish? I mean, it's, it would be a mystery, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they could they could test you. They could do it. You a, could memento yourself <laughs> with a seafood platter. But like, <laughs> I'm about to eat some shrimp. I better tattoo something on my arm. Yep. <laughs> Why do you have so many tattoos? Well, you know, I eat a lot of shrimp. <laughs> This a lot is a of shrimps. High risk, low reward situation. I eat at Long John Silver's a lot. <laughs> um, but like, how do you think? You know, even early onset Alzheimer's, I feel like, is a gradual decline. And I'm thinking, okay, so did someone gradually poison him with demoic acid so that he was getting a little worse over a few months or something, or was it just like he woke up one day and didn't remember anything? It's like, like, why do I have shellfish in my beard? <laughs> and where do you find demoic acid? So many questions. You can just like buy from like the uh, criminal store or the criminal store. <laughs> <laughs> a local Crime villain Mart. store. Crime Mart. <laughs> it's a big box. Some uh, arsenic and some demoic acid, please. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the that's the really weird aisle to be on at Costco. You just gotta be <laughs> those people are shady. Just if you're on that aisle, get out because you never know. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta buy one free on demoic acid. Don't wait. Get, I gotta buy it in the 32 pack. Jesus. Don't get the samples at this store. Stay away from the samples. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, demoic acid. It's a neurotoxin and. They they basically have a theory, but they don't have proof. So they call Bell and tell him about it. And Bell's like, actually, we just arrested Pontecorvo's killer um, t- 
turns out, is this other conspiracy theorist, Sullivan. They kind of show him in the shot, and he looks like a total goof. Um, I have to be honest. I still don't fully understand what this plot point, how this fits in. Um, like, did Sullivan actually kill Pontecorvo? Because it seems like he's confessing. Is that just? A I don't know. I, I was wondering about that too because it is just I like a. Know. It's like they okay. This guy killed him, but that's that's it. They don't bring it up. They don't yeah. like. Oh yeah, we framed this guy. I don't feel like. Although I will, I do have a story because um, I like. I love the fact that their point of contention was not moon landing or not moon landing. It was who faked the moon landing and that's why yeah. they were fighting so hard about it. But um, I, uh, I happened to have dated a girl who did not believe in the moon landing. Oh, speaking of conspiracy theories, um, did not believe it happened. Thought it was way too much of a coincidence. Just like, listen, so he just says, let's go to the moon. And then like a few years later, we do it. I don't, that don't know. That doesn't make any sense. And like, we just questioned like that hard. And yeah. And so. Hobgoblin. That was one of like one of many reasons why we didn't work out. Also, she didn't like cooked fruit, so neither we could not celebrate like the triumph, one of the greatest triumphs in like modern mankind, or share a peach cobbler together. So it just it didn't work. George, George, though, do I know who this is? You do. (gasps) Okay, you tell me later. I can't tell you. I can't (laughs) tell you later. Oh, okay. So Gregson uh, catches Sherlock. Um, questioning this guy Sullivan at the precinct and Gregson kicks him out he's like you are suspended what don't you get about that Uh, and it gets heated it's like you you know Watson's kind of in the background like watching like uh uh and (laughs) he actually threatens to have Sherlock um, arrested for trespassing if he comes in again and then you see Sherlock walking away like just ugh, fucking parents, man. They don't get it. Like, what's the you don't point of this punishment? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, nobody gets it. Give me. <laughs> I would. I would like to say his basically saying like, "You can't do this without me." It's not the best way to approach the situation. Oh no. No, I don't. I think like no. Like even if you, yeah, even that's if just it's bad. true. That's yeah. just bad for you, which it is true. He, he, he's very important, but like you don't you don't say that. Those aren't the things we say out loud. <laughs> those actually, are not our those are not our out loud thoughts. We think those inside, and we say them inside, and we think yes, we're right. But outside, we say like, you know what? I'm sorry. I tried to kill a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it. That's how humans do. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I I actually wrote down. Uh, this was one of my honorable mention lines where he says punishment as if that accomplishes anything, and. I just felt like that line was me as a child. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what that is explains this a lot about you, Allison. <laughs> this is bullshit. Uh, like, <laughs> this is, you know, uh, not necessary. He doesn't understand. Um, I get it. As a fellow know-it-all, I understand. Um, do you, though? I mean. <laughs> or do you just think you do? Are you are you being meta? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Sherlock's like, you know what? We don't need them to investigate. 
uh, we'll just trace the listening device that we found at Ponte Corvo's home. And so they then we cut to them, uh, Sherlock and Jones sitting in a parked car, staking out his house. And they're arguing about what to listen to because Sherlock wants to listen to white noise. Uh, <laughs> okay. And yeah. Jones not having it. Um, then he's like, you know, whoever planted the bug that we found is bound to come back to like retrieve all the others that we didn't find. So he's, you know, noticing this cable truck. He's like, that's not a real cable guy. Um, meanwhile, Joan is like, have you thought about apologizing to Gregson? (laughs) And Sherlock is, is just like, why, why? Um, he, you know, he doesn't understand that because it's like, he's not, I don't think he's sorry. Um, no, obviously not. Cause he thinks he, what he like, like, listen, it was just a little bit of revenge. It didn't actually turn into revenge. Yeah. Like yeah. calm down. And it's interesting how like even Joan, when she was talking to Gregson was really kind of using the same excuses that Sherlock does. Like, but you know, this guy killed the love of his life and it's like, yeah, but still don't murder. Um, <laughs> that's kind of Gregson's point. Like, yeah, Which you is think valid about it. Also. You think about it, but don't, but do you don't it. actually do it. Yeah. At least don't do it in a way you're going to get caught. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's like Belle and Beauty and the Beast when they're like, he's a monstrous bitch. And she's like, but he's kind. And she's like, he's sweet. It's just, you know, it's just a little, <laughs> just a little Stockholm syndrome. That's all. Super problematic. Yeah. He's so nice for a, you know, large beast who's keeping me in locked in against my will. Someone should, <laughs> should do a rating system of like the most to least problematic Disney films. That would be fun. Like anything before like 19... 19- 85. What? <laughs> you tried to murder someone. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get into this conversation where, you know, Joan thinks that Sherlock doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to have an uncomfortable conversation. And he's like, no, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. He's like, I'm perfectly comfortable. Um, and then he says the thing about being smarter than everyone he meets. And allowances have to be made. Which is, this is Allison's favorite line of the show, apparently, because she's like, yes, I feel you. <laughs> I'm a know-it-all. Uh, no, I have a know-it-all who also <laughs> who also knows I'm a know-it-all, so that cuts it down a little bit. But, the, um, you know, he just has these, like, grandiose ideas about his role in things. And the frustrating thing about it is... That it's almost, it's, it is almost like pathological, uh, like arrogance on his part, but it's also true. You know, well, see, that's, the, that's the hard part is like, yes, yeah. okay, so you are an arrogant piece of shit, but also you're right. And that's frustrating. Yeah. And, and I think when I watched it too, I thought, I think everyone has been in a situation, or at least anyone with some intelligence has been in a situation before where you were the smartest person in the room and the smartest person in a situation. Oh, all the time for me. So like, I think when I like, <laughs> I mean, right now. <laughs> so I think when he said that, I was like, you know what, though? Like, I've, you know, I've been in some situations where I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you didn't. You, the, Y'all be the, done. The, All right. The difference was you didn't think the rules no longer applied to you because of it. Or. Right. 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 
Okay. What? Nothing. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like a loaded moment. Like you were, you wanted to say something. Nope. I want to talk about this show some more. Okay. So. Allowance is had to be made. Yep. Yep. Moving along. So they see the fake cable guy leaving and they follow him uh, into, okay, is this, yeah, this is like they let themselves in with like an RFID chip. Is that what's in the little baggie? No, they're just waving the baggie into the camera saying like, look, we found your stupid tracking, your listening device. Please open the door. Oh, see, I thought it was like a... No, it wasn't that fancy. It was just like, we got you. You got your shit. Let us in. I came through those Star Wars doors. It was like... Yeah. And I was like, listen to these polies in the background. (laughs) It was a very fancy building. I was confused too. I was like, he wiggled the bag and then the door opened and I was like... Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I guess there was a camera there. That makes sense, though. That makes sense. So they enter a giant empty office. Oh yes, yeah. It's a whole, (laughs) basically the whole floor of a building that's just empty, and then uh, you know a guy in a suit comes out to meet them. This is it's Benny. This is Chris Sullivan. Benny from what? Stranger Things. Oh. He's the guy that owns the restaurant where he where you first see Eleven, and he's the one that gets shot in the head, and he's like, listen. Like, yeah. you know, like you you can have all the french fries you want maybe even some ice cream later but you're, oh, gonna, have, yeah. you're gonna talk to me first and that's him and that's his benny he's just like smaller and way less hair and has not been shot in the face okay that's interesting i i know him from this is us and also from the nick he's fucking amazing on the nick yeah um i've only seen him in stranger things it's interesting to see him in this role which is sort of just like throwaway, like empty, empty government suit. Yeah, but also kind of shady. And he always yeah. sort of plays the like, you know, big brawny teddy bear straight, type, straight shooter guy. But lovable. Call it like it Very is. Lovable. I call it like I see it. So <laughs> he claims that their company does market research, and it's just been slow lately. <laughs> Which is why there's not another soul in this whole office. And um, he says his name is Bill. That you know, Sherlock explains everything about the red team, and he just plays dumb the whole time. And and then he sort of switches his tone a little bit and is like, yeah. <laughs> "Actually, if the army wanted some of these people dead, why do you think they would still be alive? Like, kind of a little bit of a flex." He pulls the, uh, the Edward Norton flex. from Fight Club where he goes like, yeah. if I were going to kill someone and go stalk from office to office with an AR-15 with a gas cool blah, 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 like, you know, why would I leave something on the copier? Mm. You know, the whole thing is like, I'm going to tell you way more I know, but it's going to be in a weirdly theoretical way, so you yeah. can't really say I said it other than just as a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, a weird trope in this kind of genre, too, is this character who comes across jovial at first. And then within yeah. like two minutes is diabolical. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, hey guys, how can I help you? It's like, so mm, true. Yeah. I, will like, have I feel sex like that happens a lot. Eye holes. Genre. It's like, yeah. George, you just but, said I will have sex with your eye holes. But in a jovial way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah. Like, you may or may not still be alive when it's happening. I don't know. It's in the cards. <laughs> oh, damn. We'll see how it goes. Damn. <laughs> that is dark. Well, at least maybe for the first one. <laughs> so, back to Bill. Back to Bill. <laughs> he, uh... Oh, we, okay, yeah. So, we, we know now, like, this is some shady shit. They leave, and... Sherlock is like, actually, he gave me everything I needed because when I listed out the red team names, he clenched his jaw on certain ones. So now I know exactly who is on the list. Okay, so we see, you know, Sherlock's got everything he wants. He knows who the people on the red team are, and he's going to track them down. And then we get a call from Bell, and he says the talk screen confirmed that Carlo Anillo, the guy in the... The guy with Alzheimer's. Actually, not Alzheimer's. Not Alzheimer's. He actually was poisoned with demoic acid. So we have another instance of Joan Watson being right about something important. And then we go to the police station. And Sherlock greets this guy, Walter McClanahan. He is looking he's wearing rough. A t- he's got a bad, bad, bad wig. Oh, was that a wig? That's a very bad wig. <laughs> Even notice that Ryan back me up on this. Ryan, Ryan, like if you watch his TikTok videos, you know that Ryan is the master of wigs. Okay, but Um, how do you tell? Every single one of his wigs looks better than this guy's wig. (laughs) Every one of them. Yeah. Something about the way it sits and like it's just a little too messy and like the hair is like static. It doesn't move a lot. It doesn't quite match the rest of him. Mm. It just there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, it looks bad. Also, you got to wonder is like, what is it with conspiracy theorists and fringe types and like so many layers? Yeah. yeah. He's got on like five layers of clothing. Topped off with an army jacket. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, it's this like, the, it, that's another trope where it's like, oh, you're a weird kind of guy. You probably like, you know, thinks Ted Kaczynski is like your Spank Bank Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're going to look like that. Yeah, he's yeah. like out, straight out of central casting. Yep. And also, not only is he like disheveled. But he is grumpy as hell. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> grumpy as hell. He's not. Like, he's just. He's just antisocial. Yeah. He just seems like yep. not like a fun guy. Mm-mm. Yep. So uh, this guy was a system systems analyst and retired lieutenant colonel. So he used to be somebody, and now he's a guy who has a bad wig and an army jacket and has lived in six different places in two years. Um, they take him into this room where the other red team members are waiting and he immediately wants to leave. He gets all freaked out. Um, and then Sherlock explains the situation. He's like, you guys are all in danger. Somebody's killing the red team members and you need to tell us what you know so we can figure out who it is and stop them. Uh, and so the, the people in the room are... This older gentleman named Dresden. And clean cut McWhiteman. Clean cut Mc... Clean cut? Um, clean, no. Clean, well, I don't know. Clean cut. He might be into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's got a weird home life, so yeah. he might be reaching. Um, there's a woman named Vina Meta, and I don't remember the other guy. He never really does anything, but... 
just there. He's a He's... Twitchy McBroerson. Okay, we'll call him Twitchy for short. Um, That's what his friends call him. Basically, they're all really freaked out about talking about this. And the older guy, Dresden, is like, what, if we say one word about this, it's treason. And he kind of mm-hmm. convinces the others, like, you know what, we can't do this. And they all get up to leave. I was like, is it treason? Uh, national security? I don't know. I was like, or is that just he said treason? Everyone's like, oh, shit, never mind. He it kind of seems good out of here. I feel like if they traditionally publish the results of these war games online on their um, Warpedia, and yeah. uh, this one they specifically did not, they probably were probably like having to sign some NDAs and some shit. So yeah, I mean it was it was classified. Is it treason to release classified material? Yeah, that's why it's classified. Edward Snowden. I mean, like, I guess that's why yeah. Snowden is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Edward Snowden. So. I felt like the whole scene, though. I felt I was like I felt like the whole scene was inspired by like Mr. Body comes in and Clue. And he's like, <laughs> "This is all a setup. Let's get out of here." <laughs> but, no, this is not good. <laughs> You're all here for a reason. I was like, "Meta is Miss Scarlet." Like I was casting everyone <laughs> yeah. in the room in Clue. And well, they probably should... were like, "Let's get out of here." It should have it's been our first clue. The fact that he was the one who didn't want to talk about it, that should have been like, uh-oh, yep. mm-hmm. alarmed. But um, so they leave, and then, you know, Gregson's kind of like, well, that's that. And, you know, Sherlock's like, actually, did you notice? <laughs> she dropped a little something on her way out, turns out. And it wasn't her phone number, it although was it would have been f- bad if it was. <laughs> no, she was. That had been a great way to give your phone number to somebody, just like clandestine leaving is like. Just drop a yeah. little Drop in the trash. And he picks it up. He's like, call me. I was like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> and the way she dropped it was as, snu- as like subtle as a dad sneeze. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> she like dropped yep. it in the trash can and was like. Look. Looked back at him and was like, look in the trash. <laughs> did you say a snuddle? <laughs> a snuddle? No. No, Allison. He did not say a snuddle. That's not I did a word. It first. I think I said snuddle at first. Oh. A, a snuddle dad he did. A dad yeah. sneezes. So, is this, as as a, as a dad who sneezes very loud, I feel a little bit seen on that. Okay, so it is a thing. It's not just my dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So Venus note basically has a name of some guy and like find this guy. So <clears throat> they go home. Sherlock tells Joan about the tip, and he oh he says he followed the tip. And found the guy that they met at the empty office, quote unquote, Bill, because uh, he was going through a manual from the the war game, and it listed Todd Clark with his photo. So we know that this is Bill, and um, he suspects. I think Sherlock suspects. Oh my God, I can't speak today. He suspects that this guy killed Ponte Carvo. Then doorbell. And there are two suits there asking about this same guy that we were just talking about. It's like, speak of the devil. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was shot and killed that afternoon. Speak of the devil and somebody's going to shoot him. Mm-hmm. And these two are the best actors in this episode. <laughs> the suits? What do you mean? <laughs> well, it's funny. I think the only... And that's I, not Shane. <laughs> I don't recognize that guy at all. 
Um, I recognize the lady, and the only thing I recognize her from is a couple episodes of Supergirl. So that might tell you about their. Yeah, uh, their acting, well, I recognize her, but not the guy. Yeah. Her name is. I didn't recognize either. Tawny Cypress, and the only thing that's a cool name. It's a really cool. That name. is a cool name. Uh, it's got '80s like music video vixen. Yeah. R.I.P. Tawny Katane. Hmm. That might be why. I don't even get that <laughs> reference. Um. She was on House of Cards, but I don't remember her. She's probably like a presidential aide or something. She had a lot of credits, but anyway, take it away, George. All right. Well, we have the uh, the gray twins. I believe in the credits they are called the gray suits. <laughs> There's gray suit and black suit. <laughs> yeah, th- uh, that's what it is. Not not men in black, not persons in black, but gray suit, black suit. Um, and so they take Sherlock back to their office and are asking him questions or grilling him. And he's like, you're full of shit. And they're like, you killed him. He's like, no, I didn't. And he's like, well, what about this? And like, nope, that doesn't work at all. And and yeah, he's like, oh, if you want, listen, how about. So he starts asking them a few questions and they like answer, but don't answer. Sort of obviously giving Sherlock everything he needs because he's like, well, why don't you check my alibi? I have multiple video cameras at my apartment letting you know that I was there the entire time before so-and-so got killed. And they're like, damn. So, so he gets out and Joan's like, I thought you got rid of those cameras. It's like, <laughs> listen, there's only, I only left the two in your room. I moved some of them. Calm down. And uh, he's like, I thought you'd be happy I wasn't, like, getting shuffled off to a Virginia black facility to, like, be interrogated by the government. And uh, he's like, but actually what I did is I reverse interrogated the government, which is a very Sherlock thing to say. It was very, very, it's like, oh, you know what? I wanted them to take me in so that I could interrogate them. And it worked. And now we have clues. So, um. So yeah, so they leave the uh, they leave the office um, after she's complained about the security footage, and he starts whistling uh, with a whistle, not a, but like an actual whistle to hail a cab. And Joan's like, "That's not gonna work." So obnoxious. And, and again, he's like, uh, "I believe this is the most efficient way to hail a cab in the history of humankind, so this will work." <laughs> and even she's like, "You are an idiot." <laughs> And and so he basically says like that interrogation told me and in, in between very piercing whistles that um, they had nothing to do with this they think I did this guy and so they're asked they're scrambling to ask questions so we know that whoever is killing the uh, like the people on the red team are it's like is not government related and then they basically surmise like pretty sure at this point it's now going to be someone on the red team is killing the other people on the red team like so there we go we're starting to narrow that 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 suspect pool. And so uh, we, uh, we we finally Joan just like like he's like I de- I don't know why like from the from the outset he didn't just come out and be like hold on I need to make a phone call why did he like wait till after like a, three attempts at ca- catching a cab with a whistle that didn't work he's like oh yeah by the way I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and like call and get all of these three people in protective custody and then Joan steps out in traffic and hails down a taxi and then gives him like a. <laughs> Which also, I don't think in, in real life I've ever seen someone actually be like, Taxi! Yeah. <laughs> Which is what she did. They've done that movie since the 40s, and I was like, I don't think I've just ever seen anyone. It's like, just wave? Is that that? I've ridden in an actual, like, taxi, like, twice in my life. Yeah, usually, like, I would just either call the taxi, but if you're in, like, New York mm-hmm. or something, you just step out and you're like, Yeah. You'd be like, Taxi! This is... <laughs> I- <laughs> 
I think I've been to New York. A, Can they hear yeah. you from a block away? I don't know. Now it's all like Lyft and Uber. But I think even before that, I was a little insecure about trying to hail a cab because it's hard for me to know. I guess I didn't know like what to look for if they were available. Was the light on? Um and just general self-consciousness. But I don't even know if that... Is that just like a, an extinct skill now that we have no, I think apps People still for take this? cabs in New York all the time. You think yeah. so? I think but with we taxis, also... even, you pick them up with apps now. I'm like on your phone. Oh. And stuff, so you just yeah. schedule it to come pick you up. So Yeah. Huh. I guess you don't have to yell anymore or have a whistle. I'm just saying, George, if you've only taken a couple of taxis in your life, that means you have excellent friends who are like picking you up at airports and... Stuff like that when you travel. That I mean, I do. I do. That's awesome. <laughs> They're like, oh, we got to go get that guy. He, he's literally the smartest person we know. I've taken the scariest taxis in the world because I worked for Royal Caribbean back in the day. And so, like, that's how you get around when you go to all these different islands. Mm. And sometimes it's an open-air taxi. Um, mm. There's literally, they fight over you. They, like, they get into bidding wars. Wow. <laughs> over fares and you're stuck in the middle and you're just like it's, it's very interesting that would make me uncomfortable and they ignore every traffic law we actually got like pulled over one time in a like we were heading back to the ship and we got pulled over in the taxi and we we're like the ship will leave us if we're not oh <laughs> my gosh yeah so i've ridden in many a taxi you, you never <laughs> got you never got left on an island no i didn't <laughs> luckily wow. yet yet yeah. Yikes. Um, oh, that, okay. So, so we jump Where from, we? Uh, so he gets on the phone call and gets this sort of, he gets that look on his face. He's like, I hate it when you're right. <laughs> and uh, then, we, then we cut to a couple of uh, officers knocking on McClanahan's door and they're like, oh, no answer. And then they like kind of nod to the super. And then we cut to the other side. We see like a, a whole contraption of a green laser that kind of like focuses mm. on, a, on a rigged up shotgun. And we're like, this is not going to end well. And then we open the door and the shotgun goes off. And then we get Gregson going like, yeah, these guys are lucky. There's some rock salt in that versus actual <laughs> buckshot. They'll be down for a bit, but they'll be all right. He's very chill about two of his officers winding up in the hospital, even if it is a minor, superficial, annoying type thing. It's like, he's like, yeah, sucks. What do we got? Oh, yeah. And the show lets it linger just long enough for you to think they're dead for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They like have like the smoke. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that that I I just that was a weird character choice for them to make. He's like, yeah, no, it's cool, yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about this. And so, um, yeah, so they're let's see. Oh, there's all the guns. Yeah, so they're going through um, this guy's apartment, and he's starting to look more and more like you know the traditional like on gone off the reservation crazy. Sorry, I can't use that term. Um, more like the uh, like just nut job. That's that's way more powerful. <laughs> I don't know if you um, can say that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> he's starting to look more and more like a suspect because uh, he's got a lot of weapons in his place, including a nine millimeter weapon, which is what uh, killed um, who. Got Clark. Killed with a nine millimeter. Todd Clark. Clark got killed with a nine millimeter and they're starting to put pieces together and he's just looking more and more like a suspect. And uh, as Bell's giving him all this information, he keeps getting these texts and, and, and everybody's like, hold on a second. Oh, 
Sherlock, because they're from Sherlock saying like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, and then he sent him a photo of the crime scene. And Gregson's like, what the hell? <laughs> How is he getting photos of my crime scene? And he's talking about like, oh, maybe with we'll CSU guys, he has a thing with. But as he said that, like there, there's a, there's a, there's a crime scene investigator behind them, like this lady behind the table who had like a oh, did look she? on her face. And I'm like, it's her. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> it's her. She's doing it. Busted. Janice. <laughs> Come on. So and then he says, like, I found McClane. Say what? He's like, we Ryan? could actually fire the guy if we paid him. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. It's like, we could, it'd be much easier to fire him if we were actually paying him. <laughs> Like, like you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> now double your salary. We're not paying you. Fine, triple it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So then he says, like, I found McClanahan, and now, now, Greg, now, now, Bell's like, oh man. I had to know earlier. It's like, oh, Bell finally got out of the office because he is actually in this episode for more than like, like, oh yeah, I got this warrant for you, and that was it. So he's actually yeah. in this episode a lot, which is good. We love Bell heavy episodes. Bill Bell's good. He's funny, but he like he's competent, so we like that. Yeah. But yeah, so he says, I found McClanahan. And he's like, oh, shit. He found McClanahan. Where is he? He's like, I'm kidding. I didn't find him. I just want you to answer your phone. Um, like, I don't know what's going on. And so he's uh, he's like, everyone needs to be kind of like rounded up and got into protective services. Um, he's like, who's who's left? And he says, like, oh, well, Whitey McWhiterson's not rounded up yet. Whitey <laughs> McWhiterson? Yes. So wait, which one was he? Who do you think out of the entire group? Oh, white hair. Yes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Old man. Exactly. Quite and I, listen, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Like, I, I mean, I try not to like say like initially like, oh, this is kind of where I knew. But if you want me to stop suspecting old, well-off white men as the murder suspects, as the people that did, don't make them that all the time. <laughs> Just saying. Or how because, about in real life they should stop? Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. listen, I am mean, I am I'm culturally conditioned to assume that if you are well-off and white, you have murdered people. Yeah, I mean, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo yes. that as a kid. It was always yeah. the old white man at the beginning of the show. Exactly. So. Like Farmer Johnson. He's like, yeah. oh, you're trying to take my oil rights. <laughs> Scooby-Doo was like a stealth progressive. Yeah. They so, just let us know that like white, white men are the problem. I'm yeah. for it. Another yeah. conspiracy theory, by the way. Oh, I don't think Red that's string. a conspiracy theory. Red string. <laughs> I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. That's pretty much social fact. <laughs> I'm going to link Scooby-Doo with Whitey McWhiter. They clearly yeah. were all stoners, so that makes sense. I'm surprised he didn't pull off his mask and it's like, you know, another white guy. Let me ask you guys this, though. Did you were you able to stop thinking about Rue McClanahan for this whole like no. half of the episode? No. Every time they said <laughs> every, time. every time they said Mr. McClanahan, I was like picturing her in like men's clothes. Yes. <laughs> she pulls off her mask, or he pulls off his mask, and that's why he's got a bad wig because it's really Rue McClanahan under there. Oh I actually had to gosh. rewind at one point because I was imagining Rue McClanahan as a drag king. Oh, <laughs> like that would I was be imagining amazing. her in like. Her and men and man drag, and so that was like you just missed the whole last like minute of the show because you've been thinking about. Really <laughs> <and man>. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I feel like that would have been a better reveal. Uh, <laughs> uh, seriously, that would have been so fabulous. They pull off the mask, and she's like, "Eat dirt and die trash." <laughs> <laughs> click, click, boom. 
<laughs> Honey, you won't be in Act Three, <laughs> except as a body. Um, yeah, so uh, they finally. They, so he's like, "Who's left?" And he's like, "Oh, white guy hasn't gone yet." So they they decide to go to his place, and he's feeding his wheelchair-ridden wife who has um, a limb onset ALS. Which is not great. And basically, she she's sus. just sitting. She is sus from. The I, you know what? <laughs> Listen, we've seen episodes where it probably could be her. <laughs> no, yeah. I was like, she's about to get out of that chair. She also gives a like knowing look. Did you, did you catch yeah. that? Like, as the technically, that's all she can right? do. Right. I They're did. like panning, and literally, right as she's about to exit the frame, she's like, "Doesn't she gets it?" This, like, knowing she had look. to know. Like, it's not a. It's not like she has dementia. She knows what's going on. So yeah, she didn't eat bad self shellfish or anything. So. No, yeah. yeah, totally. So it does make you wonder, like, if she was in on it. I don't know if she is, but she didn't have any option. No, She's she like, no oh, well, it's not like I can, like, okay, well, he's killing people. Great, cool. What am I going to do? Give him looks? Yeah. I also do this thing when I watch TV as an actor that I put myself in the shoes of the actor. <laughs> playing a part i do this a lot in shows like uh walking dead like the Mm. zombies and stuff i'll pick out extras in the background and be like i wonder what's going on in this actor's mind right now as they are acting like this zombie right but like i was watching this lady in this wheelchair playing this part and i was like i wonder oh a zombie going on in this act oh (laughs) sorry Uh, no we're back that's rude allison back to our show i thought you were talking about a zombie in a wheelchair back to (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, kind of, but no, she, uh, no, she's like just sitting in this wheelchair and I'm like, what is this actress thinking? What is she going through right now? She's thinking like, I'm getting paid decently to literally sit in a chair yeah, and be rolled and sometimes around. I'm like, she doesn't look like she's really trying. So she's just she's like, just like, yeah, kind of neutral on the whole thing, and it, <laughs> but they definitely use her as a way to show that Dresden is not a full-on villain or is he you know what i mean right. like they're definitely right. trying to show his softer side like he's taking really good care of her he's feeding her um yeah. and oh you know what but what if she hates avocados and only feeds her avocados well that would be rude that would be, be evil and, and also malnutritive <laughs> i mean there's a well good fats in them <laughs> i don't know if that's a word but i mean you can't live on avocados alone despite i know because i live in california so. Yeah, tell that to everybody who lives there. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's just it's isn't it interesting like when there's when you have a villain who has a soft spot or who like it even goes down to the cliche of like villain stroking their little dog or cat, you know? You mean like, their their wheelchair ridden wife? <laughs> well, okay, I didn't make that connection. You did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it's a way of humanizing them. I guess, but like he he starts asking way too many questions and like having too many like like you know what every uh, he had a lot of insight into McClanahan's men- mental processes and he's like, well you know he did tell me that like it could be worth a lot of money if to the right person and like every time someone dies then that just makes it more 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 valuable a secret whatever our thing is we can't talk about and I'm just like I'm already like I'm already convinced this is the guy doing it so I'm just like really yeah like it's a really? little little too convenient. Really? But it's, yeah, so. they did definitely set that up because going back to McClanahan being so grumpy, that's when... Because of that bad wig, it probably itched. And, and Gregson, I mean, ugh, not Gregson, 
<laughs> yeah, he's mad about his wig. But Sherlock noticed that, then brings it up in the conversation with Dresden. Like, so you had a bond with him. And it's going to come up later when he finally connects the dots. It's like, oh, the that guy had one. Had, that guy had exactly one friend. Yeah, which is, you know, not great. Y'all get out there and make some friends. Conspiracy just, theorists? Just ask people questions. They'll they'll like that. And then they'll want to talk to you more if you ask them questions about themselves. Oh, good tip, George. Yeah. I mean, friendship is literally the how you defeat conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, because conspiracy theories are always about one person against the world. If you have friends, they can tell you, like, no, nah, dude, you're... No, this is not how people think. I, I hope you're right about that. I hope it's not the opposite that like it's a it, conspiracy theorism is like a virus that there is no vaccine for. Cause that's no, that's called the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have never listened to an episode. Me either, but you know what? There's no, there's no vaccine. There's no, uh, yeah, vaccine in the world is going to help that. <laughs> I've also never eaten that weird cheese that you bury in the ground that has maggots in it, but I know not to eat that cheese. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maggot cheese, thanks, but no thanks. Did you say maga cheese? I would not. Uh, I would not eat that either. Oh. <laughs> it's Red very hat conspiracy. Mm. Yes. So he's talking to them uh, and, and, uh, and just digging himself deeper in my personal per opinion as a, like, you're totally the guy that did this. And, and Watson comes out that's like, oh, yeah, he's killing people. Like, oh, Joan, you bought into this bullshit. And she's like, she's jiving right up the price. And then we get a phone call. And they're like, yeah, well, guess what? Not him because we just found this dude and he's been shot in the back of the head. Um, so not him. Because he said, like, oh, I think he's in a bunker in New Jersey. And he's like. <laughs> Unless that bunker looks like an alleyway downtown, it's not there. <laughs> so uh, then we then we get a, like a like jump to the. Uh, this is another one of those like oh now you're just laying it on because he's like what are these what are these blue fibers on his chest and he's like oh they covered him with a blanket and you're like I mean like, like come on like if you know somebody and you kill them you cover your face it's like a shame thing it's like we has one friend in the world at this point it's just all starting just like it's just come on let's just let's, let's wrap this one up. Like, this one's been locked in. Just wrap it up. Stop dragging it out. Oh, can I ask you guys an uh, only tangentially related question? Sure. So, have you ever noticed how when on, an, on a show or a movie, someone dies and their friend or loved one comes upon their body, they close their eyes for them, right? Comes but, upon them? <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I meant. They find them. They find First the body. First, they, they, they get a belt around their neck. <laughs> and you're like, this is the, no. this is, I, I have the weirdest kink. This is the only time I will ever be able to do this. Oh, fuck. That took a I turn. accidentally came upon the body. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listen, that's mine. I had nothing to do with the murder, but like, listen, how often are you going to be able to, I had a bucket list. I had to scratch it. <laughs> oh my God. It doesn't even matter what. <laughs> talking about now <laughs> <laughs> Allison's, not, comes upon the body. Allison's fanning herself apparently this is not an unexplored uh, mental place for her <laughs> Allison's, Allison's got some darkness people oh my goodness no I was just going to ask have you ever noticed that in the movies they just kind of wave their flat 
palmed hand over their face and the, then the corpse's eyes automatically close yes. without ever touching. I've always wondered that. Why do they do that? I like I, I, I was thinking like, is it just because they don't want to touch the actor who's playing the dead person? They don't want to touch their eyelids? I mean, I don't know. I think I think if you're actually physically trying to execute that move with someone who is laying there faking dead, they're more likely to trigger a blink response if you touch their eyes and they're like they're starting to blink. So yeah. if you just like do that, you do the whole like hmm, hmm, happy sad face, you know, like oh my eyes are over your hands are over your eyes and therefore you close them. Do yeah. you? But think I think that I remember they... doing that as a kid. Like we would do that when we would be like pretend you die. Like for some oh. reason, somebody was always dying when we were kids when we were pretending things. We'd be like pretend you die, and I remembered like doing that whole like yeah. Because you'd seen it in so many movies and, and shows, right? I mean, I hope you didn't see that in real life. That would be disturbing. But Actually, I think technically, um, if you were to the point in most points where people are discovering your body, like a little bit of rigor set in, your eyelids aren't going anywhere. That's what I like, thought. You could just be like, uh, uh, you could try. And they're just going like, to not going to close. Pull some coins out of your pocket and just pull a jack yeah. and just. <laughs> for the wrist. This is for the river man. Here's the fairy man. Do, do Game of Thrones style with the rocks with the eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's subtle. Oh boy. Yeah. So then we uh, so we're getting back to um, they find out McClanahan's dead and they're like, well, who's our suspect? And then they cut immediately to Whitey McWhiterson pushing his wheelchair wife into a very like seedy looking hotel room and the and and the and the and the, and the guard is in the guard the, the detective is like yeah not much but it's uh we got the whole floor and everyone's here and it's gonna like i'm just gonna give you all the plot points tie up the bit right here because in a second and only he's like well thank you very much for your information and then he hits him in the face and then he got me black out and i just reenacted that scene verbatim for you thank you thank you yeah, I just Amazing. I was cha- I was feeling it. I just channeled it. It was good. <laughs> You're just a conduit, George. I am. As, like I don't I don't do the parts. The parts come through me. <laughs> Sometimes the parts come <laughs> upon my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we pick up after the commercial break with Dresden coming out of the hotel room. It's it's kind of like a more like a motel where the entrance is directly on the exterior and he sees Vina down the way at the vending machine and he starts gunning for her until um, he's stopped like, by. literally takes his gun out and then like yeah. a random officer's like, hey, stop! And they start shooting at Whitey McWhiterson. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah. that's, that's, that's fun. Because he's not subtle about it. Nope. Um, she was just trying to get her a lemon lime. She just wants so. a soda. <laughs> She's like, listen, I don't literally every do vending soda. Machine. I, 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 every I'm vending machine in the whole series is like cola, lemon lime, root beer. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. I, I have not noticed, but I imagine that the lemon lime is always the only one left. Like cola and the others go first. <laughs> They have that little orange light, and you're like, oh. yeah. uh, damn it, that's the one I wanted. I just wanted, like, a Shasta. <laughs> an RC. Oh, wow, it's a throwback vending machine. I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, RC on one side, a Moon Pie on the other. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. There's a Fago vending machine? 
Like, are, are we are we at an ICP concert? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I don't even get that reference. I know what ICP is, but I don't know their connection to beverages. They yeah, really like they really like Fago. Oh, yeah, it was a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a thing with them. Fago. I had no idea. That's a useful tidbit of knowledge. So Dresden goes back into the hotel room, and uh, we've got a full-on hostage situation because he's in there with the detective, whose name I don't know if we ever learn. Um, and you know, cut to Gregson explaining what happened to Detective Bell and Sherlock. And uh, he's like, you know, he wants the rest of the red team members delivered to him before he'll release the detective. And <laughs> obviously they can't do that. Um, and Sherlock wants to go in. And Gregson is like, uh, no, like you're sus- I'm not going to put a suspended civilian <laughs> consultant, you know, on this. We're not even paying you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he uh, Sherlock convinces him magically sort of like kind of seems to convince him that he understands the gravity of the situation and that he'll get the detective out safely. And I mean, it works. Um, I think because Gregson really has no other option. And uh, so then we see the phone ringing in the hotel room and Dresden picks up and it's Sherlock. So did you guys notice the detective who he was tied up with those like um, zip Zip ties? Yeah. yeah, but his like head was nicely on a pillow. He was like lying, kind of on his back. Listen, he he spends like ninety percent of his time caregiving to his invalid yeah. wife. He's probably gonna make sure that Ola. He just punched this guy in the face. He's like, I'll make sure you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, like, it's a character portrait of this very like, considerate. Are, are, are you petting my head while yeah. you monologue? <laughs> Please don't. Like, please I want don't to hurt you, but I don't really want to hurt you. Yeah, like I do it out of necessary necessity, not out of you know malice. Yeah, like, I mean, I right. may have to kill you in the near future, but damn it, you're going to be comfortable up until yes. then. So, yeah. <clears throat> can I get you a lemon lime soda? <laughs> Sherlock basically Shasta talks with his a way. Straw. <laughs> Talks his way into the hotel room. We get this great um, through the peephole shot of Sherlock. Um, lets him in, and they have this very uh, cozy, comfortable chat at gunpoint. Um, Sherlock is stalling, um, looking at the mini bar for no reason. And I didn't understand why he was doing that until later, but obviously he just doesn't quite know what he's going to do. So he's thinking um and then he's talking to dresden like obviously i see you're not interested in profit you just are trying to keep this secret from getting into the wrong hands uh so we're kind of made to understand that whatever they discovered about national security it would if that secret got out it would put the public safety at risk so Um, Dresden has been killing his other red team members to eliminate the possibility that they might sell this knowledge to someone else. And, and we get kind of the explanation, the backstory that when his wife was diagnosed with ALS, it was the first time he understood how easy it would be, I guess, to sell 
something that mm, destructive um, if it would benefit a loved one. And that's when he realized like he had to do something, which is a, a it's, it's a twisted kind of logic, but it, it is a logic, I guess. Um, so he says this great line, everything's got that one thing, don't they? Some weakness that could lead you to betray every principle you ever had. It's sort of like, uh, hello. Um, <laughs> didn't we just go through this last episode with Sherlock? Um, yep. And actually I was thinking like, with Sherlock in this moment in his life, that one thing is probably Irene. But in the future, you will see... Don't tell me. No, it's not a spoiler. Spoilers! It's not a spoiler to say that the one thing in the future is Watson. Like, he... Because, you know, their relationship develops to the point that Watson is the most important person in his life. So anyway, I mean, there's seven seasons on Hulu, so that has to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Otherwise, there's not a lot of character development. <laughs> um, I would like to point out for like some 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 logistical mastermind who came up with this, who in this team came up with this crazy plan that is so effective that is like basically like literally cannot be spoken out loud or it will curse those who have heard it. He is terrible at his end game. Like. He's like, oh, cool. Everyone's kind of in the same place. Great. Now let let me just go door to door and shoot everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just a terrible plan. Like I figure he could do better. And he's like he, trying to sell it like it's an NFT. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yep. I mean, what's... Like, this plan is non fungible. <laughs> Was he the one who designed the war game, or was he just a participant who? He was. He wasn't the. He was the red team. He was like the bad guys. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like he should be better at, at this than than they're giving him credit for being. Yeah, and maybe. did he listen to Chris Isaac's Wicked Game? Yes. While coming up with the idea. Mm. Things to think about. Sultry. <laughs> All that weird dark sand. Yeah. I'm adding Chris Isaac to my uh, crazy wall. <laughs> Circle that one. <laughs> Loop it around. Oh, uh, okay. So we're talking still at gunpoint. Um, Dresden's like, this is perfect. I'm going to shoot you. And then everyone downstairs will know I'm not fucking around. So. Right. And then Sherlock is like, it's a valid actually, point, I guess. <laughs> you, you know, he's like, actually, if your goal is to keep the secret from getting out, sorry, it's too late because I figured it out and I wrote it down and I told someone. Um, and Dresden literally says checkmate. So then we cut to them slowly exiting the hotel room, hands up, and Dresden is arrested. And you can see Sherlock is so. He's just like buzzing with adrenaline after that. I thought I thought he looked a little flustered. Like he was like, "Well, I might have I might have bit off a big board and I could chew on that one and uh, sort of like walked in with a crazy person with a gun and just literally spitballed and bullshitted my bullshat my way out bullshit. of that one." Yeah, I think there was that, but there was some adrenaline that comes with yeah. that. Yeah, well, he gets that weird. He, yeah, he gets that fear boner for yeah, sure. Yeah, he does because yeah. and he even you can see him like he's kind of lit up, and that's when he turns to Gregson and is like. 
I think we owe each other a conversation. That not well. First, he's you know he says that he kind of faked his way through that. That he made an educated guess about what the secret was, and then he says that he and Gregson need to talk. And uh, <laughs> Gregson tells him to meet him at a bar. At a bar. Yeah. yeah. So, which we know Sherlock's not really supposed to hang out in bars, but. Is this is not about Sherlock. Not everything is about Sherlock. Um, even though this whole show is about Sherlock. I mean, I think he specifically picks that because he knows it's not about Sherlock. Because he says, like, in this conversation, he says, basically, he's like, you do, you're the only people around you are the people that, you, that, that seem to care about you. Right. And, like, how you're feeling, whether or not you're doing drugs or not, and that sort of thing. And Gregson's like... I'm sick of it like that. So for this conversation, I'm going to have a drink and you're going to sit there and yeah. watch me have this beer because I am tired of jumping through your stupid infantile hoops. Yes. Yeah. I think he was like, I, you're going to meet me at a bar and that's where we yeah. meet. And, and you're going to, how you deal with it is how you deal with it. Yeah. And I think like that, I feel that felt really necessary because Sherlock is such a brat about <laughs> You know, all of this. And we see that in this scene where I think Johnny Lee Miller does such a good job portraying Sherlock's, like, absolute. He, he's like Gregson is basically chewing him out and not letting him, you know, slide out from under this. You know, he's he's getting so frustrated. You can see, like, he is throwing a tantrum. Um. And that's when Gregson kind of says, most of the time, this all this bullshit is worth it. You're worth it because you are special and damned if you don't know it. Um, but you don't get to act without consequences. And I'm never going to forget what you did. And I'm not going to trust you again. And, you know, so he's like, yes, we can work together, but we're not cool. And... <laughs> he sucker punches him right in the gut. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> one and, more thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Um, and yep. Johnny, did you guys notice when Johnny Lee Miller kind of comes up from that? He's like full Every red vein face, vein face popping up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? That, looks, that was that was a good reaction to a punch. Looked for like sure. he got hit really hard. Um, yeah. So then we cut to the brownstone. Sherlock is eating soup and pouting. And Joan's like, please tell me you didn't cook Clyde. And then he's like, no, it's split pea. Split pea. Um, <laughs> not my favorite soup, but okay. I guess British people love their peas. Um, then and cues. <laughs> peas and cues. Yep. He's like, I was never gonna eat Clyde. They're magnificent creatures. They're gonna outlive all of us. Um, but when she presses him about Gregson, he doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, Which is fair. Yeah. We, but we see he's kind of, he's processing. Yes. And that's. Yeah. I don't know if this episode took longer or what, but this, it felt like it ended very abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, and song comes in and credits. And that was it. It was like, whoa. There was so was... little song in the, and I didn't even like try to Shazam it because I didn't think it was enough. <laughs> it was, I was wondering like, why did they even bother with the song? Yeah. Like I said, it was chop shop. But apparently turtles make a delicious soup. 
Oh, that's right. Did you I was have kind a story? Of, I was kind of sad. Yeah, what is yeah, your story, I was, Ryan? I was kind of sad that he didn't meet Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, Clyde's a tourist. So my uh, mom went to visit my grandpa years ago. This was probably when I was in high school. And my grandpa was an avid fisherman. Mm. Um, so we always ate fish that he caught all the time. My grandma would fry them up. Mm. And um, so one time... Um, I wasn't there. My mom went to visit my grandparents by herself and they had a soup on the stove. <laughs> and, um, my mom had like three bowls of this soup and so good. was just, just raving about how good it was. She was like, this is the best soup I've ever had. And just like kept filling her bowl back up. And then my grandpa comes back in the room and he said, Oh, I see you like my cooter soup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> And my mom's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? And he's like, I see you like my cooter soup. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was fishing and I caught a big cooter turtle. <laughs> and my mom realized she had had three heaping bowls of turtle soup and immediately ran to the bathroom <laughs> and got rid of all three bowls of turtle soup. Cooter. She's, oh. she's one of those people who's like, if she knows she finds out what she just ate it bothers her like to me i'm yeah. the opposite i'm like cool well i guess i like turtle mm. yeah no i mean yeah yeah she was she was sick for like two days knowing that she ate turtle soup so <laughs> that's all i could think about every time he kept talking about cooking clyde i was like it made me think about my grandpa's cooter soup that's amazing and i haven't heard cooter in so long but i definitely that was like when i was growing up they would say if a cooter bites your toe it won't let go till it thunders or something like (laughs) every time i tell that story though people think cooter they think yeah yeah Yeah. they're like what kind of soup and i'm like it's a turtle (laughs) so my friend my friend you didn't grow up in backwoods north carolina clearly i mean what my friend rex was writing a screenplay and he was picking my brain for like southern expressions that he could use and i think i mentioned something about cooters i don't remember we were talking about turtles and he said that he knew someone from alabama who used to say the cooter and the pooter (laughs) so i guess maybe it depends it seems very highly regional um (laughs) yeah nether regional but you know what i kept i could not (laughs) the whole episode with with the turtle walking around on the kitchen table and stuff I couldn't stop thinking about salmonella. Salmonella. Because, <laughs> right? I know. That's all I thought about. It's, I was like, salmonella. My husband, Josh, got salmonella once from trying from to turtle? help a turtle. From a cooter? From a cooter. He was trying to help a cooter cross the road. And. It's his first mistake. The little bastard was ungrateful. He snapped at him. And Josh dropped. <laughs> like A couple days later, he was sick as a dog. And uh, so now anytime I see someone with a turtle, I'm like, wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me want a turtle, but then I literally was like salmonella. Mm-mm. Not worth it. Actually, so she- if you have a turtle, name it Salmonella. <laughs> yeah, and then they, hey, it's an Italian turtle. <laughs> hey, hey, Crooked Bridge. I'm crawling here. <laughs> crooked bit curved bridge. I can't remember. Is it crooked? crooked? I'm not. So People listen. are going to write in and be like, it actually doesn't mean either of those things. It means... Like, your guest is an idiot. Um, like, actually, tag him. 
don't tag us at him. Thank you. Yeah, come at me on TikTok. <laughs> so, should we do our faves? Yeah, let's do it. Yep. All right. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite word, Ryan? So, my favorite word, um, just because I love when a kind of a word you don't hear all the time gets thrown out, especially in just a TV show made for the masses. Um, is at the, when he's talking about conspiracy theories and he says it's all sophistry. Mm. That was mine um, too. Um, so I was just like, oh, what a fun word to uh, hear thrown around. And um, and then I started thinking about how kind of crazy it is to me that that word isn't thrown around more than it is given our state of things. Um, <laughs> because I feel like we have a lot of sophists. I mean, like I was like I feel like I was raised in a uh, climate of that. Oh. I was like I feel like you know the like evangelical right wing kind of nationalist <laughs> thing I grew up in. Yeah. There's a lot of just like listening to like people just saying just and people believe yeah. So that was my word too, and I actually pasted the definition because I didn't know the word, but it means the use of fallacious arguments, especially with the yeah. intention of deceiving. So kind of yeah. like it looks just like, like I know like what fact. I'm saying is wrong, but yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of dressed up just enough to look like yeah. it's probably true. Yeah, it's yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Very GOP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. How about you, George? Uh, my word was wall of crazy. Oh, nice. Just like as, as an item, as a term, as a mindset, I was like, which one was it? That's wall of crazy. Oh, wall of crazy. Yeah. I had as an honorable mention, Barmy uncle. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if you guys heard that was was kind of a throwaway, but yeah, I never heard that before. Yeah. I heard the word Barmy just, you know, not, it's one of those, I think it's a British term. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Highly used in, uh, in, in, in our society. No. It should be though. Yeah, let's try. Let's try to make it work. <laughs> let's try to make Barmy a thing. Yeah, um, uh, Ryan, what was your what was your um, line? Oh, you forgot. So outfit. I, well, I outfit last. You want to end on so outfit? I, always. Okay, okay, okay. So I had two, and we've already kind of covered one, which was the um, hobgoblin line. Mm-hmm. That consistency yeah. is the hobgoblin of the little white. So since we've already talked about that one i will uh my second favorite line in the show was the world is balanced on a knife's edge of destruction every single day you accept that and just get on with things yes (laughs) i mean we basically are that was mine too ryan we're swinsies wow you guys just like why are you yeah i'm just gonna have ryan be on the show if you can't because apparently it's like hosting with him anyway he said that he said it just kind of yeah, it's just like yeah, well, well, no, this is just just get over it. It's fine. Yeah, he said it nonchalantly, um, kind of a throwaway manner in the car, uh-huh. and I went. It sat with me for a minute. I literally was sitting on the couch, and I went, "Wait!" And I like, <laughs> I like grabbed my Apple TV remote, and I was like, "Rewind thirty seconds," and because I needed to hear it again, and he said it again, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm. And I was like, "I think it's something that." I think we all know. I think we've all learned to cope with, and you you learn to just 
if you're going to yeah, live if you and sit not and be dwell a, on a it, crazy person. Mm-hmm. You sit and dwell on it. Yeah, you will just drive yourself nuts just thinking about, like, how close we constantly are to, like, the the, the pit, the pinnacle of despair and the pit of, yeah. you know, constant, yeah, whatever. So Yeah, and I, it made yeah. me think of that, like, quintessential British keep calm and carry on mentality. Uh, yes. Which I guess a lot of people have, but I think, I don't know, the the Brits really exemplify that, or at least they did like, you know, during the war and everything, but it is also yeah. a good thing. Some of those remember. people, if I dwell enough, I can let myself spiral. That's the kind of yeah. person I am. Like, you know, I started right. thinking about one night I was like, literally thinking about snakes coming up people's toilets mm. and, uh-huh. and I couldn't sit on the toilet. Had to oh. sleep for two days. Nah, dude, that, you can't, <laughs> You cannot let yourself go down that. Um, <laughs> or a snake in the car come up I that. Like, I got in the car and I was like, you know, like this is probably the deadliest thing I do every day. And I'm like, why am I thinking this right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just literally have to just put that away. You have to put it away. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're going to live your life. Yeah. On the knife's edge. On the knife's edge. <laughs> How about you, George? It's a Ginsu uh, knife, too. <laughs> slice through a tin can and right through a tomato <laughs> tomato of life uh, my line was uh, please tell me you didn't cook Clyde oh. just you know just delivery timing you know it was just that little bit of bump of humor right there at the end I enjoyed that yeah yeah. All right. I enjoyed that right. too because I felt like because I skipped so many episodes because I did one two three and then skipped to 13 so I was kind of enjoying Lucy Lou a little bit more I think so I think they were just figuring things out in the first couple yeah. episodes. So I felt like she was a little bit of a a prop in the first couple of episodes. Like I just yeah, she's like way more I've of got... a part of the the unfolding of the plot lately. Where yeah. she's like she she's the one like we had like the episode a little while ago where she basically was the one like figuring out all the stuff. You know, she's yeah. like, she's the yeah. one who's yeah. Yeah, so, so I was, I enjoyed skipping ahead, and being like, all right, so like here we go. See, what was your uh, what was your favorite outfit, Ryan? So my favorite, it was a piece of clothing. Um, and it was the charcoal and black uh, kind of duffel coat that uh, Lucy Lou wore for, like, Most of the a episode. piece of scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying she to had think. the little what's, red skirt. What's a duffel coat? With the, like, where it's like the big buttons that come across yeah, the like big the, like a buttons. Coat. Oh, those, like, toggly things? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. It's like a big gotcha. long button. Yeah. But it was like a two tone. It's like a charcoal and a black where it was like very imperceptible difference in the blacks, kind of. Mm. But subtle, but there. Yeah, I was like, oh, I want that coat. <laughs> Shoot, there are some great coats in this series. What'd you guys think about the red skirt? Hold a second. What's your what's yours? Oh mine. Uh, well that's what I love too, is like that red skirt peeked out from under that coat, which I was just like, yes, that together, that 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 coat, that skirt just peeking out. I love the that's color of that red skirt, but I didn't like how it looked like a cheerleader skirt. It was sort of flouncy. Um <laughs> it was very two thousand twelve. I think it was the way she was just wearing it. She just made it work. Well she She made the skirt at she made the skirt effervescent. She makes everything work. I didn't like it. I didn't like it until she was wearing the coat. Oh. And then it was like peeking out from under the coat. And then I was like, that works for me. <laughs> my uh, favorite outfit was 
Sherlock's burgundy sweater with the black shoulder patches. <laughs> and he had like a black collared shirt underneath. And to me, it looked like a Star Trek uniform. Yeah. But, I mean, it's Johnny Lee Miller, so I'm not mad at it. I just thought it was funny. I noted that one mentally. <laughs> I was like... That, I, we'll I don't see know, if that, I stick with the coat in the end. It also feels <laughs> it feels like an earlier 2000s thing to have a, a men's sweater with color block or stripes. I don't know. It just feels very of the era. Hmm. What about you, George? Uh, my favorite outfit was the red skirt. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the red skirt paired with the leggings mm-hmm. was like the that sort of like. Yeah, a little cheeky heel. I like that. I thought it was eye catching. I thought it was alluring without being overly so. And I thought it was very practical for the weather. Hmm. Yeah. They, so, they must be like, like fleece lined tights or something. Because I miss New York in the, in the fall. Yeah. She had the so short just, red skirt, the tights, and that chunky, chunky tall heel. Girl yeah. loves a chunky heel. But specifically the scene where she kind of like runs up the stairs. Like, I think the one where Ryan's talking about where it flashes like underneath that and the coat and everything. Yeah. That's kind of like, yeah, that, that, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, she's coming down <laughs> like the stairs. That. Yeah. yeah. I also like the weird mishmash. It was like a purple sweater or something that Sherlock was wearing like later in the episode. Whereas like the shirt and the sweater didn't really match, but it kind of mm. worked. In a weird way. Hmm. Not so matchy, but also worked. Yeah. Yeah. It made me want to play. You know, I was like, <laughs> you know, I feel like you grew up in the South and it's like everything has to match. So uh-huh. like, seeing people Make play it. with patterns and colors. I'm getting, and stuff I'm getting, I'm getting some ideas here. I'm getting some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just, you have to have that um, devil may care attitude that Sherlock has where it looks like he just probably stayed up all night and then grabbed whatever was lying on the floor put it on yeah. and went to work. Yeah. Put his Except when I do that, pocket. people think I, I look terrible because I look like I'm sick. Whereas when he does, he looks awesome. Yeah. So yeah. that's that. Damn it. I need a stylist. <laughs> yeah. I need a stylist. He's like British. So he's British. So they always look a little sick and like a little <laughs> yeah. like aged and like a little, yeah, fragile. a little worn, so like, a little worn out, a little worn like, down. He's looked that way since train spotting. So it's just like a school sheet. It's kind of like Australians are kind of like British people that actually get out in the sun on occasion. So they look healthy and like nice and good. And they like look like they have a good time. Whereas their bits are just like, they just miserable. (laughs) Just, 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 sorry, Lou, just miserable. I was going to say like any British listeners that we have, you can write George directly. (laughs) (laughs) Every, here's like every person I know who lives in the UK be like, it's fair. You know what? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> it's like, you got to say, like, same. can't argue that. I've, Literally cannot argue that. I've always thought that they must not be obsessed with looks in quite the same way that Americans are. Because Have you seen some of them? There are, like, I mean, just watching the people that make it on TV. <laughs> and you're like, that person would have been criticized into a <laughs> crippling depression. But, you know. Yes. You get your teeth fixed, lose your weight, da 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 da. Like, and then that's why everyone on American TV looks like a, I don't know, yeah. like a robot or something with like uh, an Instagram filter over their like face. Jeopardy, yeah. 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 
I kind of appreciate that about British TV, though, because I don't like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting on a tangent, but I really don't <laughs> like veneers. I have a thing about veneers. Allison just doesn't like attractive people, so she likes British television. <laughs> <laughs> I like real teeth. Like, I like normcore. Yeah. <laughs> I like give khakis. Me, give me... Martin Freeman is the king of my spank bank. <laughs> Wear some new balances when you come over. <laughs> when you come upon me. <laughs> Leave the shoes on. <laughs> Are those Asics? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm an Asics Ace white girl. Get it. Out. <laughs> oh, mercy. And I'm an Asics white girl. All right. Well, um, I think that that'll do it for this episode. Um, uh, Ryan, you want to tell people where they can find you uh, out on the interwebs? Yeah. So I am on uh, TikTok. You can find me. My screen name is Waiting for Guffman based off my favorite movie of all time. But uh, it's spelled W-H-I-N-G, the number four, G-U-F-F-M-A-N, Waiting for Guffman. And then my Instagram is at Christopher Ryan Stamey, S-T-A-M-E-Y. And we'll link to both go. of those in the show notes. Yeah. Allison, you want to turn them where they can find us? So you probably have it. You have your post-it note available. Uh, actually, I've got it right in the document. What? Right Look in the you. Google document. I'm, I've got my shit together. Um, <clears throat> Angry Brits, you can email George at elementarypod. <laughs> at gmail.com uh you guys can follow us on elementary pod uh on instagram at elementary pod twitter at elementary dears and you can stop by our facebook group the brownstone my dears um we also want to thank jim boggs for the very cool elementary theme remix on this episode and last but not least would you please be so kind as to rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and be rate, sure review, subscribe, rate, smash that like button. You, yeah, they know what the drill is. Rate, review, yeah. and subscribe. Um, but they don't do it. Uh, <laughs> so now we're calling them out. Do it. Yeah, do it. I mean, and we've do it. We have, to to be fair, we haven't really asked that much to um, prior to the past couple episodes. So um, I would like to point out, America, we have glowing reviews in Australia. And y'all are just shitting the bed on reviews. <laughs> yeah, America. <laughs> shitting the bed. This is the number one thing wrong with this country. Yes, rate our podcast. I mean, it's top of my list when I am voting. Yes. It's like, does the yeah. politician rate, review, and subscribe? I vote with my stars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay all right well yeah we're gonna we're gonna call it and um uh ryan i don't know if you know this but as we end the show we like to say uh the game is afoot at the appropriate moment but you will know it's coming up in just a second so yes um until next time listeners the game game is is afoot to breathe stress in london i told only to a phrenology bus i kept him in study i named him angus I have to go to the bathroom. Do you guys mind? Don't break the seal. (laughs) I'm going to have to. Don't break it. (laughs) Come on, Allison. I'll just just be back in there in 30 minutes.
<laughs> I realize GarageBand has been recording this whole time and probably picked up on me flushing the toilet and humming How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Yeah, yeah, no, we've, I've been able to hear it all.